Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. And now a word from our sponsors. Yes, we got sponsors. First up, Foo Wax. The best wax in the game. This stuff is so sticky and grippy, you'll never slip off your stick again. Ever. Ever. Again. So go to your local surf shop. And, and make sure they carry it. And if they don't, demand it. Demand it. You'll be stoked. Try it out. Our next sponsor, Bonsai Bowls. Oh. I know a lot of our listeners have, have had one of these. And if they haven't, they're going to now. They're missing out. They're missing out. It's a healthy, delicious, amazing, fresh acai bowl with tons of fruit and organic like ingredients. They've got five locations in Southern California. From Huntington to San Clemente and all in between. Two in Hawaii. Two in Hawaii for that, those on the North Shore. And, um, you know, come support these guys. They have amazing Asahi bowls and they support the West Coast board riders and a lot of the surf events up and down the coast. And they've made it a lot easier With to get them. They've got their own app now. That's right. Go to your app store and download Bonsai Bowl app and you can pre-order, pre-pay and just go pick up. Cut cut through the line. And for our listeners of the Late Night with Chalky podcast, you're going to get 15 off your next bowl. A 15% discount off yes. Bonsai Bowls. That's insane. Um, so make sure to mention the Late Night with Chalky podcast and you get 15% off That's at right. Bonsai Bowls. And one of our other favorite restaurants, oh, Caliente, Caliente OC. Caliente Southwest.com. They offer healthy Mexican style food with local uh, organic ingredients. Family owned. Family owned. Their phone number is 949-515-0909. And our listeners get 15% off there as well. Yeah. So mention Late Night with Chalky Podcast and get 15% off at Caliente OC. And both these guys are great at catering events. So you could use them for a shop event, corporate event, birthday event, wedding, all of the above. They love to party. And last but not least, we are super stoked to welcome Olo Clip as a new sponsor of the Late Night with Chalky podcast. What is Oloclip? Uh, they make the original mobile lens system for your phone. So these can make clips that hold the lenses, the cases that are designed to make it really easy to get the clip on the phone. So check them out at oloclip.com. And for all the Late Night with Chalky podcast listeners, they get 10% off. That's, that's huge. Huge. So at checkout, the code is SURF10, that's S-U-R-F, the ten. number 10, and you get 10% off Oloclip. And you guys got to check check out our Instagram. We're going to be posting pictures with these wide, in, wide lens uh, angles, uh, fish eye, all kinds of cool like photo options with your phone. And for you uh, rich dudes out there, like late night, they do make cl- uh, <laughs> lenses for iPhone 11s. What? What? Epic. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you. Welcome, friends, family, and all you surfers out there. Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Today, we are here with David Ali. 
Yeah. Ali. Of Almond Surfboards. Costa Mesa. Costa Mesa, California. Uh, one of the coolest surf boutiques on the California coast. That's and we it. are in the store during business hours. During business hours. We have some customers. One's from Australia. Hello. <laughs> yeah. This is a real live look. This is yeah, live. We're going to make you famous. Just like, this is like Dave and Almond over here. Yeah. Have you guys been in the store before? No. No, I no, I've been looking at you guys on Instagram, and I we're over here listening, so I'm going to check out Almond. How bitchin' is this store? It's pretty amazing. cool. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, we're... All right. Oh, so we before we dive into Almond Surfboards, let's talk about Dave and how you got into surfing. Great. Uh, grew up here in Costa Mesa, like two blocks away from where we currently sit. Awesome. So surfing was... Just part of like growing up here, going to the beach. Yeah. It was one of many activities I was interested in. It wasn't like I didn't come up as like competitive surf kid. Yeah. It was like Saturdays starting in like fifth yeah. grade or whatever. Was it your parents, family who introduced you? Friends? Friends. Friends. So like my dad would like take me on Saturday morning, we'd like pick up donuts from Dippity Donuts and he'd go down and he'd just like park it on the sand and yeah. I would like go well, surf. Friends. Or like when you get to high school and it's like go with friends. But so um, like Blackfeet, where did you start? Like, like Lower Jetties. Lower Jetties. Kind of the same place I yeah. still surf. <laughs> did, did you start off boogie boarding first, skateboarding? <laughs> we boogie boarded a little bit in like elementary school, but even at that age, you're trying to stand up on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right, right away. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't really ever that like interested in boogie boarding. Learning how to, yeah. I didn't, it wasn't that, in that age, you're not even really riding waves. You're like yeah. trying to stand up in the whitewash. I so, wanted to be a professional skimboarder. Did you really? Well, I didn't know if it was professional, but my dad was a woodworker, and we, we you know, boogie boards oh, stood up on the, on the boogie boards, and, and we made our own skin boards. It was pretty awesome. Dude, I Some of the best surfers. Made, we, made, we made legit ones. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of the best surfers were skim guys. Yeah. Because yeah. they stay all low. Like, they kind of yeah. have a cool We didn't have style. the insane beach for it, but I just remember, like, I'd go boogie board, and I'd bring my skim board, like, every session. That's right. Is there a lot of skim boarders in Newport? Wedge. Wedge. Like yeah. Cam, who does our graphic design and stuff here, he was like big into skimming growing up. And then Drew Messick from North, who well, always not North anymore, but yeah. our buddy from Laguna. Yeah. Uh, he grew up, he's from the East Coast originally, but he's like a big skim guy. Hmm. I mean, there's some like similarities in like some of the surf style that comes across, I think from that background. Yeah. That I kind of like. Yeah. There's definitely some cool, innovative, and like, Radical skimboarding. What's the guy Tyler? He was just on the stab thing. Blair Conklin. Or Blair, or? maybe. Yeah, there's a couple dudes. He's a skim guy, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the one insane. that's uh, in the stab thing with Mason Ho. Yeah, yeah. That, that was nuts. gnarly. We've talked about him before, and he's gnarly. He's pretty. He's pretty uh, insane to watch. Yeah. As very, a longboarder, I think the stab high contest is like as compelling because it's it's like. It's really action-packed, it's short, it's concise, it's like... It's predictable. It's so palatable. Not predictable like, as far as maneuvers, yeah. but predictable on like the setting. It's like you guys get multiple If you're going to get non-surfers to pay attention to a surf contest, I feel like it's some variation of like... Yeah. Anyway, we can get to that later. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going too if fast If you hear forward. a tape measure, uh, what's your name? Eli. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued 
at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Eli's measuring a longboard over here. Nice. I'm Dave. No, you're doing great. This is part of the experience we want to. Yeah. All right. This has to be an authentic experience. By sale. By sale. So, yeah. <laughs> so how old were you when you started surfing? Fifth grade. I think fifth grade. Fifth grade? Yeah. Okay. And, and then like junior high was when I like had my first board. Seventh grade, I got my first board. Do you remember what that was? It was a wrestle. Nice. Yeah. 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 Buy, buy it out of the shop down there. Yeah. It was a used seven footer. I don't know. It's just yeah. like a, it's one of those just like perfect learn on boards. Like yeah. big oversized thruster, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Seven foot start. thruster. Kind of, yeah. more of like a, a round nose shape. Yeah, like, like an eggy full. Have you seen like the boys like uh, Punker Pats riding these days? Yeah. yeah. It's like that, where it's like, what is it called? Like a mom board or something? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what It's like called. a big, just a. Fun, yeah. Big, catch very much a fun Catch board. lots of waves and with your like, Bye, two girls. stroking, yeah. like, yeah. That See, guy that is was, just on that way out, way out there. That was everything. my first board. <laughs> And then, let's see. But you went straight in, into like longboarding. That is where I started. Then I got a proper longboard at some point in high school. Then I had a cousin who was like several years older and like a better surfer. And he was like, oh, if you ever see a good deal on a fish and the swallowtail's at least one shock a wide, like <laughs> grab it. And so I grabbed like a blem twin fin fish when I was probably like 18. And I just surfed that thing You're into okay. the absolute ground. Just huh. demolish it over the next like however many years. Yeah, how lively and fast and yeah. just maneuver. Like that was like, what got me like fully yeah. hooked on surfing. New lines, new yeah. trim. So you yeah, went from fifth grade to eighteen, but you longboarded in between. Yeah, yeah. And then you got on the fish. And I got on the fish, and then I that was like okay turning point. And we kind of talked about a little bit. Did, did you ever get into competition surfing? Or no. Never got into competition surfing? Mm -hmm. Okay. Did, did you go on any surf trips? Mexico. I think that's a standard. I think that yeah, Mexico Japan. is kind of like an extension of like San Diego. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you have to go, you know, everybody went down there. But I've never done like the, yeah, I've never done the like, Mental I'm going to Indo or... to get on a boat and go yeah. surf these insane waves. Yeah. Like, I've done a lot of trips for Almond that have, been center ground surf. Nice. But yeah, I've been I've done like the end up thing. Cool. So then did after eighteen you got on that twin fin. Um, did that lead you to college or Yeah, so I here's kind of where surfing really like leveled up for me. It was like right around the same time I got that fish, graduated high school, I stayed here and went to Chapman. Okay. Like lived at home in Costa Mesa, commuted to school was like working and like 
What all of a sudden, all of your, huh? What were you going to school for? What was your major? Business. 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 Yeah. Business marketing. Yeah, they go and, hand Yeah, totally. And then, but the weirdest thing is like, you still live in your hometown, all of your friends, poof, just yeah. like just vanished. And you're like, I still go to the lunch at the same spots, only like, well, the friend, all, the, all the good friends that you want to be around that actually went to go improve their <laughs> yeah, life. There's yeah. a lot of guys that <laughs> yeah. really kind of went two steps backwards and yeah. live under a rock around the corner. <laughs> yeah, totally. So we I was in that space like, okay, you know, high school sports is over. I played basketball, you know, whatever. Played sports growing up, hang out with friends. Yeah. All of a sudden, all that's gone. And you're kind of like, well, what do I fill that with? So that, I just was like all in on surfing from like, yeah. from the point of like end of high school on. Yeah. And because I was living down here, commuting up to Orange, I would like surf before school and then like run up to class. Yeah. And, that whole program. So what did that what like were your like boards you were working? Were, were you working with any specific shapers at the time as you got really involved, or were you just still kind of no. just grabbing whatever looked good? Still whatever looked good. A lot of secondhand stuff because you're just like, oh, so and so has a cool board they're selling. Yeah, it's really easy to get good secondhands around here for sure. Yeah, and so that led to being like 19, and was like. I want to try making one. Just yeah. my dad's an engineer, so we've always kind of bonded over tech projects in the garage. Like make, he's always he's very like he's very handy, very tactile. He always wants to be like building stuff, making stuff. So we would always like make stuff in the garage as kids. Yeah, my dad. So I was like, what if we like tried to make a surfboard? So I spent like a year researching, just researching, studying, yeah. bugging. You know, like Brian Hovnani, and I'd like bug him because his stepdaughter was my age and his son's my age. Uh, you didn't ever want to work at a factory? There's like probably 10 factories within like yeah. 10 Yeah, I didn't think about that at that time. Yeah. You just like, <laughs> now I'm super aware of it. But at the time, I was just like. Usually, like, you know, we talk to other people that, you know, like that are in the business and they're like, oh yeah, I started, you know. You know, du- you know, uh, sweeping Sweet dust. Floors. Yeah. Well, that's how Griffin started. We'll get to Griffin. Okay. Cool. Uh, oh, also, this is a great moment to put this in. If you're interested in a job, the Waterman's Guild is hiring skilled, enthusiastic labor. Yeah. Go talk to Brian at the Waterman's Guild. Yeah, nice. they're, they're local. I think Santa Ana right here. Santa Ana. Yeah. yeah. So Waterman's nice. Guild is one of the prolific glassers. Oh yeah. It's been time. around forever. Yeah. 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 I love their logo. The dolphin. Well, they've got a couple one? of them. Yeah, <laughs> but the dolphin with the yeah sticking its head out. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Tail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where are we? Uh, uh, college. Just, oh, yeah, learning the shape. Spent yeah. a year. Okay. Here's another cool story. So my. So you decided reason, to learn how to shape. Yeah. It was okay. like, and it was it was never like, this is a business I, or you know it Hobby. wasn't a career path. Yeah. I'm just yeah. I was like, I just want to know. I want to go through that process so I can appreciate it more. What, what were you going to school for? Business marketing. Business marketing. But what was your aspirational career? I don't think I really knew yet because I went to chat. Let's see, I graduated high school in 04 and then graduated college in 08. So we'll get to that later. But like 2008 was a very interesting time to be exiting college. Yeah. Shit was hitting the fan. Yeah. Shit was like majorly hitting the fan, which yeah. was actually... A really good thing when you're trying to like start something and you have enthusiasm and no money but yeah. anyway hey we just had bonsai barred on and bonsai yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much the same yep time, time frame yeah. yeah so, so i know joe ahead. well yeah yeah <laughs> 
He he or Joe Bard lived in the apartment. I live in the house. Joe used to live in the house that I live in now. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Six degrees of separation here. Yeah. Dude, if that. Yeah, that's. He's such a nice guy. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Uh, so oh, spending you're making that board. For some reason, I had it in my head that I wanted to build a balsa board. Wow. So I got I like accumulated balsa wood (laughs) from like I don't know whatever all over, laminated up my own blank. And my grandparents, like really good friends, are longtime Laguna locals. Uh, Pete and Punkin Trestle. He's a retired lobster fisherman. We did a whole video interview with him. How cool! A couple years ago. He's su- like just the sweetest people in the world. They live like South Laguna. He Pete, because he's been in Laguna since the '60s, knows all the like. Like he was really close to Terry Martin and Hobie Alter and. Mickey Munoz and like a lot of wow pioneers. pioneers. So, he, so he probably watched those guys shape like tons of boards over the years, like back in the day. He, and Pete got me linked up with Terry, so I got to go spend the day with Terry Martin when I was like 19 years old. Wow! And he was working on two 10 foot like balsa, not guns, kind of longboardy semi gun things. Mm. They were just like gorgeous. So I'm like, hey, I'm like a it's not nose kid. I have no idea what I'm doing. And he was so gracious and so patient. Like, you got lucky. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So I have photos of like being there with him that day and then went home and like cut my outline after like talking with him. So you didn't butcher some wall art. You actually made a surfboard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. So what was that? Was that your That was second, my first board. First board? I started there and then was like, okay, now I want to make one that I can ride. So then my How second lucky did board. did you get? To be able to connect with somebody that, oh my you know, gosh, is a master yeah. craftsman. And I don't uh, even know if I knew how lucky I was in the moment. Yeah. I was just like, oh, cool, yeah. Hobie Surfboards, Terry Martin, like, awesome. Yeah. And then uh, in be a good years place afterwards, yeah, in the years afterwards, should've, I should have like, asked him this, this, and that. Oh I should have videoed it. I should have, like, you right. know, really documented. I should have like, spent a week instead of a day. <laughs> so you were 19. Yeah. Yep. You, how, you shaped your first Shaped my first board. was like, okay, this thing weighs a ton. But I'm happy to have gone through the process. What do you shape it with? Like a. Uh, you still use a planer, and I use a Sureform a lot more because it's like. I don't know. I, Sureform probably is less damaging, right? Like Yeah, because it takes off less of time. Yeah. And that's the scary thing because you're like. As soon as you like twist, because balsa wood is a lot softer and easier to work with than certain, it's, right? It's still harder than foam. Yeah, um, it's softer than like cedar or some like heavier redwood or something. Yeah. But it's still like it's still considered a hardwood. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure like you know you're you're getting help. From a master, right? But then you're still like, holy crap! Like, oh yeah, you know. And I'm such a, from that project. I'm such a proponent of like, walk away from a project, and come back to it with fresh eyes. Yeah. Because you just get hyper focused on these like little things. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. like you're perfectionist. You see the imperfection. You're yeah. like, ah, uh, uh. So, so wrap that project. How long did it take you to shape that? Months. First? Months. Oh yeah, months. Huh. And so it was you, like a ten. Six, no, it's eight, like a 6-6 six, six oh. single fin thing. Okay. Like an eggy little single fin thing. It was because back then it was like... I, I was envisioning a longboard, but... Yeah. I wanted to make it like the that green single fin and... Was it Thicker Than Water? One of those yeah, movies where like yeah. Shadow and those or guys... Everyone wrote it. it. Everyone like takes yeah, turns on it. Yeah. 
like watching them search that, that was such a great uh whatever little video clip of, yeah of everybody. that segment i felt like was so memorable yeah and i was like oh, i want to make something like that like that thing looks sick huh so that was when i what i like so did you have to glass that thing too i took it to get glassed by the point by the time i was like done shaping it i was like i'm not gonna put waste. this many hours yeah. in and then ruin it trying to land it mm. okay Lamb so and, did you is there judgment in that? It was kind of no, a, no. He <laughs> was just thinking, but I was just looking like, mm. at like without any prior experience, like the laminate and yeah. you know, go through Well that usually process. people hand it off to be laminated. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just asking if you went from start to finish with it, right? Right. No. Nope. But did you get it laminated? Did you yeah. Get yeah, yeah, it yeah. finished? Okay. Yep. Pass it off to get glassed. Nice. Single still have fin. it. Single fin. I'm you sure still have it twice. Yeah. Wow. It's in my house. Epic. Uh, glass ons or glass on single fin that I made, okay. redwood. I, I, lamp, I glued up the blank with redwood stringers, so then I did a redwood fin, fin to match. Sweet. It's all right. So at 19 years old, you shaped your first balsa wood And then the second fin. I was six, done six. with that. Six, six. Six, six single fin. Round nose. Eh, it's not too round. Okay. It's not like an egg. It's like cool. Because we, we're going to need pictures to... to oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have plenty all of All this stuff. Plenty all right, so then... Then I was like, okay, that was fun. Now I want to make something I can like surf. So then I did a 5-8 fish. That you shaped? Like that. Yeah, then I shaped a 5-8 fish. Okay. That I was like, okay, this is the one I'm going to like. And did you, ride. where were you, uh, like what facility, like shaping bay were you using? Home, my parents' Just garage. home? Hmm. Yeah. And you had like, you just researched all the tools and yeah. just started accumulating those over time? And yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It was very humble. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, had enough tools to get by. I built shaping racks with my dad. It's cool would like take it outside, you know, use the door, try to hold it up, check yeah. <laughs> check my lines, run outside. Yeah, it was a very like So the haphazard. shaping bug got you and you were starting to get into it. Yeah, cause I, it was mostly out of like, I'm really interested in surfing, I'm really enjoying it. I already like building things, making things, doing things. This will be like a fun manifestation of that. Yeah. And it's, a cool hobby. Yeah, and I was still pretty adamant. Like, I'm not going to start a surf company because it seemed like the most cliche yeah. Costa Mesa kid thing to do. is like, oh, I'm going to start a surf brand. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, wanted to fight against the idea of being, like, cliche. Yeah. So you're going to school. Yep. Scribbling yeah. almond in the margins of my notebook. So how point. did you come up with almond? So uh, I was, was on the hunt for a name. I couldn't decide what I wanted so to backtrack yeah, a little yeah, yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So you you were, you didn't want to start your own brand or surf. I I did and I didn't. You know, you didn't you did it? You're conflicted. Yeah. But you're in school. Yep. You because you I mean you're in school to figure out a career. Right. Right. So your dad's an engineer. Yep. He's supporting what you're doing. Uh, do you get to a point where okay? son like what are you gonna do not yet i so here's the tricky part as much as i say i didn't want to start a surf brand like once you start kind of like entertaining that and then you're sitting gets, in class it gets deeper and, and someone's deeper. explaining to you like well in business this that that and the other it's hard not to run it through the filter of like how would this apply to my yeah. hypothetical surf company Right. Well, so you that, probably do that, yeah, with a lot of different project or products and different scenarios. But right. like, this is something you're like 
somewhat passionate about yeah. it just probably wouldn't maybe make sense on the the p l spreadsheet like you know totally. how many- <laughs> but it's still fun to sit there and have a business in the back of your mind because yeah. it it helped make the stuff you're learning in school that much more relatable yeah. when you're like how would this apply to my hypothetical business and i would yeah. just that was the constant filter through which everything ran and so it made probably school a lot more enjoyable you know oh, yeah. like because you could probably bounce well, ideas off your yeah your and, teachers and, and put, it's you know, it's really things. neat that you know like a lot of entrepreneur entrepreneurs that we know didn't have a formal education right, right? but in your case you're, you're being formally formally educated but then you have something that doesn't need it right like shaping boards and starting a surf i mean you need business savvy but right. because you're sitting in school learning about business yeah. you you were convincing yourself that it can happen yeah right how do i turn this hobby into and I is I this kind of hobby? resented the idea a little bit of like oh I don't know where I even picked this up, but like, oh yeah, well Dave went to college, so yada yada. It's like, yeah, but the the education and the self education and the, like, the pursuit of like, improving and learning and being like curious and like not letting that thirst for knowledge stop mm-hmm. is so much more important for sure after college. Yeah. Like I feel like that's been more formative than having gone to college. Well, yeah. everybody could have great ideas. It's execution and everything. But I want to get back to Allman. How did you create Yeah, yeah this? sorry. How did you, you know, we got sidetracked. <laughs> we all philosophical yeah, here. all good. Like, um, so, how, yeah, how'd that name come about? So, I was hunting for a name because on that first balsa board, I was like, okay, what do I put on here? Like, yeah. I put something. And I was like, I actually ended up not putting any words on that board because I couldn't, like, come decide. But then by the time I did the fish, it has almond on it. And I was hunting for a name and I wanted, uh, it checks all these like weird boxes in my mind, but I wanted something that was something that appeared in real life, but not related to the ocean. Like I didn't want to be like kelp surfboards or sea mist surfboards. Like I, I didn't yeah. want it to be that literal, yeah. mm-hmm. but I liked that almonds were like very California centric and almond shaped barrels, almond shaped barrels. That's like the old, that's like the most literal surf connection was like yeah. the idea of the almond shaped barrel. But then it's like, it's a food, it's a shape, it's a color, it's a flavor. Like it just a, appears a lot of places. I'm like, if I could just plant my flag in that word, yeah. I like that it had six letters so you could break it up in half. I like the shape of the word, the word. It's like A-L is tall, M-O-N in the first half of D is short and then D ends tall again. Yeah. So it's kind of got this like nice flow. flowy. Yeah. And so I just started scribbling it in my margins and I liked that it, is like appears pretty high up alphabetically. Like my last That's the business Ali. side of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's the business mind. Well, that's artistic too. <laughs> that like is artistic. Creative and part you, of yeah, for sure. It's really easy to spell. You yeah. don't have to explain to anyone how to spell yeah. almond or how to pronounce yeah. almond. Surface. Except for like, Japanese people, it's a lot harder to say. <laughs> yes. Almond. Yep. Almond. So I like those are ratings in Japan. <laughs> yeah. I, my I, apologies to Tomohiro. I like lead. What lead? <laughs> No, no, no. I like that, you know, remonade. Remonade. <laughs> we, I didn't both, think about that. We both worked at Huntington Surface yeah. and back in the day. We, she's, yeah, we, we dealt with a lot of, uh, Japanese, lot of Japanese shoppers Japanese. over the years. And, yep. and this guy had to, you know, well, didn't have to. We had it wired. He, he learned uh, 
to speak just enough to, you know, Did you really? I taught myself some conversational That's cool. Japanese. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so. Almond. Almond. Yeah, so then I started scribbling it in my notebooks and was like, all right, by the time I finished shaping that fish, I was like, it's an almond boy. This is an almond fish. Like, cool. I, it was like. And that was convinced. what, uh, what time in your life of college? Second year? Still, yeah, probably, probably a sophomore. Okay, so boom, you have a name for a brand. A name for a brand, and I have a board, and we'll call it a half under my belt. Okay, and you're two years, you pretty much have two years left at Chapman. Yep. Okay. So. And so now the, the desire to create a brand has really started developing, entrenching yep. in, your, in your mind and in your heart. Right? Yep. Okay. So So then the natural next step was to do a longboard. Okay. So I did a longboard for my cousin first because he was like probably 16 or something. And I'm like, great. 16-year-old cousin. You're like, perfect guinea pig. So I did him a longboard. Then I did myself a longboard. And then by the time you've done a couple and put some cool colors on it, like there's just enough friends who are like, Oh, I'm down. With, yeah, I'll yeah. go and make me one. Yeah. So, so who who drew up your first logo? Uh, I did it. Okay. So I, during college, worked doing graphic design for St. Andrew's Church over here at Newport Harbor High School. And so I had like a part-time job doing a little bit of like just making flyers and little, I don't know. I was like learning graphic design. I had no idea what I was doing, but. Yeah. Um, so I had I just knew enough of how to use the programs to where I drew the shape. The guy who was my boss there illustrated it for me in like a proper vector, and then I like did the typeface inside, and it was a version of this logo. It was basically this logo with a different font inside. Cool. And we just started running that. I started running that from like a very early stage. Like that logo has been around yeah. since day one. Uh, and I'd just kind of done enough boards for like friends. Most of them were like my, my brother and my cousin were the same age and they're five years younger than me. So like some of the kids their age. So like, it was like Levi Prairie. Do you know Levi Prairie? I heard of him. I know yeah. who he is, yeah. And like some of his friends, like they were all kind of, they're all like in high school. They're like sophomores in high school. Yeah. And I'm like in college. I'm like, it was before Tanner was like making boards. So I was like, made a couple for some of those dudes. And I remember being all excited, like, man, there are 12 almond boards like in existence, <laughs> like all fired up. Yeah. And I think by the time I finished Chapman, I'd done like 30. Everything being like a fish or a longboard. Could you like see the progression of like your shapes? Like, oh, like, yeah. like yeah. you could say, wow, better, I, I, better I, each time. yeah, each time you just like they, executing. Even as good as it got, I would still be embarrassed of today. Yeah. But it definitely like Yeah. Was was your dad took my time. Was was your parents supportive of or did you yeah. even bring it up yet? Or did you ever say, Hey, I might want to shape boards for a living? So my parents were always super supportive. I don't know that I ever said the words I'd like to shape boards for a living because my personality is a little more extroverted and I'm not like the meticulous shaper guy. Shaper guy. Grumpy shaper guy. Grumpy <laughs> Grumpy grip. Uh, so I finished college in two May or whatever of 2008 
And then like a couple months later, met our now Shaper Griffin. Okay. He was apprenticing for Bruce Jones. Nice. And he got the started sweeping floors at a glass shop, yeah. then like routing fin boxes. And he was then, entrenched. Yeah. yeah. He was like deep into it. And he he was the kid like he'd shaped. He was even younger than me, so I was probably twenty two and he was like nineteen. And he had shaped like a bunch of boards in his parents' garage. He wanted to be a shaper. He was he was hounding Bruce Jones for years. Like, let me come watch you shape. Let me come watch you shape. And finally, Bruce let him come watch. And then Bruce let him, you know, finish boards. And then he let him go shape for a while. And so I met Griffin at a point in his life when he's like 19 years old, super hungry. And he was just like, I want to be, I want to shape more boards. Like, if you got work, if you ever need help, like, yeah. send from, it my way. Is he from your area or is he he's from Sunset? Long Beach. Long Beach. Yeah. Okay. He's from Long Beach. How did you guys connect? Uh, a friend of mine. Actually, was it the first time I met him? Yeah, I think this is the first time I met him. So a dude who later became a friend. Had So this is pre-Instagram for sure. Mm-hmm. Pre-Facebook being much more than like a college students connecting with college students website. So this is yeah. like blogspot days. Like I had a little like blog spot blog for like just posting pictures of the boards I was making and posting surf pictures and like I started to connect with other people who were doing similar things yeah and I kind of miss those days because it's so simple yeah and you would like have a little (laughs) column on the side you're like oh check out my friends and you'd have like a link to all your friends little blogs and one of the dudes I met through that was a guy named Kyle Leitner who was a photographer and he was like oh I want to come interview you and like shoot some photos and so he came over and he was like, oh, you got to meet this so kid. Yeah. You were, you didn't have a business yet. Nope. I had a blog. You had a blog. And, and I made 30 boards. boards. Okay. And, you know, I was doing the cost. Like it was like. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put in my time for free. The blank was this much. The glass shop's this much. Like. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's You're just looking for the experience for. and yeah. getting the name out there. Like, yeah, it's marketing. Yeah. <laughs> and. Gorilla marketing. Leitner was like, oh. You got to meet this guy, Griffin. He's a total weirdo. Like, you'll love him. So I met Griffin in October 2008 and just hit it off immediately. And he was like, yeah, if you ever have extra work or need help, like, holler. And so I was like, actually, yeah, I have, like, three boards to do right now. You want to do them? He's like, sure. So he's like, just give me, like, 50 bucks each or whatever to do them, and I'll do them. Because I'd seen his work, and I was like, oh, man, this guy's like better than me and i i knew myself well enough to know like this is not a career path for me or at least a good one yeah and we are all we've all benefited benefited from the fact that griffin chips the boards here not dave yeah Um, (laughs) you you wanted you you wanted to learn how to shape you learned how to shape you wanted to start a brand a surfboard brand but then you meet this guy, and this guy's got a little bit more talent. Yep. And you feel a connection. Yeah. I was and, like, this and is then great. Your like, business side kicked in and go. Yeah, you, totally. probably, you probably had 10 other ideas that you wanted to work on, but you can't, you're spreading yourself probably too thin and like, cool, this guy could handle the surfboard side. Now I could. And now I could be freed up to go do. create the like experience of what I think this brand should be about. Nice. And okay, so, so 
This you, is also 2008. Okay. So you're about to graduate. I just had graduated just like graduated. a couple months before. So I'd kind of been like, I'm going to give this like almond thing a year. Cause I'm like the job prospects are bleak. Like there's just not that much out there. All my friends are like finishing college and kind of going, well, this sucks. Like, yeah. Were you getting pressured from the parents just getting out of college or they kind of understood? No, they were super cool. Yeah. They're, that's good. They're yeah. to this day. They're like very supportive. Yeah. Um, so boom, 2008. 2008. I'm going to do it. I'm just like, I'm going to give it a year. Like there's not that I'm not like missing out on this amazing job opportunity anyway. So like, I'm just going to go for it. And so we were doing a couple tees and a couple shirts and, uh, did you get a space? Not until after meeting Griff. So I met Griff and then two months later in December of 2009. So basically what are we right now? December 2019, mm-hmm. almost. 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Signed. No, sorry, 2008. So 11 years ago, I met Griff. Signed a lease in December 2008 for a funky little space on Old Newport Boulevard. And the they had cleared the entire center out because they were going to tear it down and build medical buildings there. And... So the whole, there's like all these eight or nine units and they're all vacant, all retail. And I was like, well, you need someone to be the first guy. Like, I'm a kid, I'm poor. If you let me have a screaming deal, I'll at least be the first one to go. And then I'll like recruit other people to come in too. And it'll mm-hmm. be like a thing. And so for the first like six months or a year, our rent was like 450 bucks. Wow. It's like nothing. Yeah. And so Old Newport Boulevard. Old Newport Boulevard and Hospital Road. It's like our first shop. A lot of people still come in like, oh, I remember when you used to go by Old Newport. And it was like this rad, tiny space. So if you're going up Newport Boulevard, the one... It's where there's like a subway now. Yeah. Yeah, it's right there on the road. Oh, okay. Okay. If you're going away, if you're going towards the beach, it's the last signal before you cross... Got it. PCH. Got it. So it's kind of close. You're like, you could zip right down to the beach. Yeah. We actually had an ocean view from the front window of the store. If you kind of like tilt your head up, you could like see the horizon. So did you come up with a business plan or? Yeah. Okay. Came up with a business plan. And pitched it to your dad or? No. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. So I signed the lease for super cheap. So it, was, was there going to just be boards in there or you, you knew like, hey, I'm going to do some like. Tees. I wanted tees, to do everything. Everything. I yeah. I had a vision for the brand that was in a little bit of everything. I had been working through college. I'd actually had a job since I was like in high school. I'd always kind of had work. I'd always worked in yeah. some capacity. So I had like probably twenty grand saved up, and I think my grandma gave me twenty more. Wow. So I had like forty thousand bucks and a super cheap lease. Yeah. And I was like, we literally like bought furniture from the consignment store to like kind of fill it out like with yeah. this big couch and like built racks that kind of resemble these like these are nicer than the ones we had we built some racks kind of like that it was these end cuts of these big timber things from an interior design project that my grandma and my mom had done and they were like it looked like pure pilings yeah. kind of like there DIY, man. Oh, yeah. yeah just get everything in, there. in the store we built like we had and this we'll get into that later but having stores kind of fun because then you like pick your least favorite part of the store and you're like, all right, let's make that part better. And then you have a new least favorite part of the store and you're like, okay, now let's make that better. You just kind of yeah. slowly leapfrog your way. Yeah. So that's kind of what we did. Like had an, enough boards to like fake it, had some t-shirts, had some, some accessories, accessories and, and some like 
furniture to kind of like make it feel full. It kind of looked like a living room in there. It had this like seagrass rug carpet. The slab was like cracked and leaning. So like the front half of the store was kind of like tilting down in the yeah. parking lot a little bit. Like it definitely had its character. Oh yeah. yeah. It was like termite city, but <laughs> it was rad. It was perfect. And so opened in the beginning of March of 2009 wow. and I was 22 about to turn 23 and it was just like going for it. I had no, I mean, I had written a plan. I kind of knew what I wanted the brand to be about, but at that stage, like you don't know what you don't know yet. Yeah. And I still had a lot of stuff to figure out. Did you hire friends or you're like, Hey, I'm working seven days a week, like, or I was six working days six a days a week. Six. And then going back to like my cousin, my brother, and those guys being like 15 or 16, they're like, yeah, we're in. Yeah, like, yeah. they're just around yeah. all the time. Coming and after then, school till close. Yeah, yeah cool. totally. And then our, so I missed out on a lot of like, hey, we're gonna go you know, to Catalina this weekend. You wanna come? Like, guys, I got a retail yeah. store now. Like, yeah. no, I'm out. So I missed out on a lot of those just like irresponsible years, but I think it was worth it. Definitely. Like, for sure. So what, um, what other products did you start like making like to fill the store? So we, I think that first summer we like went to Garden Grove, bought some like board short fabric, took it to a guy in Santa Ana, had him like cut and sew us some board shorts. Like we obviously had t-shirts. Yeah. What else did we have in those early days? There was a wetsuit brand from the East Coast that like sent us some wetsuit jackets so we had some like long johns and wetsuit jackets yeah retro stuff retro stuff very retro uh what else do we have there fins obviously to go with the boards were you were you guys like surprised on like when you opened the doors like what was like your response was it like so we had a pretty rad good? grand opening party you know you're like that's where a 40 grand went yeah <laughs> just i think just went to inventory yeah I inventory the party was like I didn't think we had beer because I was like, I'm 22. Most of the kids here are like 16. 16. Yeah. I think we just had like water bottles. I don't even remember if we had beer at the first party. But you had a good opening party in turn. Yeah, out. good opening party because it's like you're still really connected to the community at that point because like all your friends have, are still around ish and you still are pretty connected with their families and their just younger siblings. You say May. And you opened in May. March. March, March 2009. Okay. okay. And so we had a pretty good showing. And like at that, point everyone's just kind of like oh it's cute what you're doing like yeah i'll buy some Sim t-shirts yeah. sympathy buyer or, yeah or sympathy like buyers <laughs> it's all the like it's Spirit. all the like moms are like yeah. buying it for their kids and all your friends are like oh yeah sure i'll give 20 bucks for a shirt yeah, yeah. and because everybody wants you to succeed too you know for sure yeah they do but then it's like you know in the back of their minds or i mean when i think of somebody starting a new business it's always tough Right? Really tough, and, and you you wish them well, but then sometimes you know you you always think, oh my gosh, that's so far fetched, you know, totally. far fetched idea. Oh it's my not gosh. a fun it's not a fun cocktail conversation to be like, what yeah. do you do? Like, yeah. uh, I own a surf brand, surfboard company, and retail store. Yeah, like, you just see the like, uh huh. Oh boy, yeah, like yeah. on people's faces when you say that. So I sell software programs I know, for I, corporate I keep world. Oh up. yeah, yeah, that's so awesome. Like, right <laughs> on, like, who, who you do with? So, like, I keep bringing up your, your parents and yeah, your dad. Yeah, yeah. So when you finally said, hey, I'm gonna open up a shop and I'm gonna start the surfboard company. What, uh, hi. hi. 
What did um, how did that conversation go? Was he like? I don't think they've been ever anything but supportive. They were just kind of like, "That's pretty awesome. Go for it." Yeah, just go for it. Good. Like, I don't know. Yeah, because you don't. There's like, any like nay? I don't an think they engineer, ever said like right? negative. Right. An engineer. It's paying for you to to go to college. Yeah. You know. A lot of parents would be like, "Wait, I want what? a return on my investment." I want, yeah. <laughs> I didn't send you to college to start a damn surfboard company. Right. I sent you to college to be a business. Right. You know. Whatever. So the other side of that is my mom's an interior designer, mm-hmm. so I kind of have like the very practical, creative, yeah, side in a very like tangible way, and then like my mom's an interior designer, so it's a little more like, yeah, artful. Yeah. A, a little bit more visual, artful. Yeah. yeah. So there's a very like form versus function influence going on there. Nice. That's awesome. So, boom, you open up March 2009. Yeah. You have a killer party. Yep. And you've already kind of done some math, right? In your head. Yeah, like, oh, if we could do plan, like one, you know, two, two boards. boards a week, yeah. we're stoked. And did you sell any boards on the first, in the first week or? Oh, so get this. Okay. Okay. This is a great question. This is not prefaced. Our now graphic designer, Cameron Oden, I met him because he was the first person to op- to order a custom board Sick. at our grand opening party. So Sick. he is a couple years younger than me. He finished high school early so he could start his photography career, like working in the studio. And he's like... He's like the king of self-taught. He will like, he will teach himself how to do whatever. Yeah. And super talented visual guy. Nice. So he was the first person to like order a board. And then he was like, oh, I'm also a photographer. If you ever want me to come shoot surf photos, like I'd be happy to. So I'm like, yeah, great. So started having him come and do shoots. And then he filmed a whole video and he basically worked for six months like he'd come in every day and like help out however for free and then finally he's like hey man like my mom says i kind of need to get paid eventually (laughs) and i was like okay so i was paying him like you know whatever minimum wage was or whatever for the hours he was coming in was your first employee second employee the first person to get paid yeah but in the early days it's so funny like i remember so many days where you know, sales are kind of slow. The gas tank is empty. And I'm like, the bank account's like empty. And I'm like, if I don't sell a board today, like, I don't even know how I'm going to drive home. Yeah. And then the board sale would come through. And you're like, woo! Yeah. Like, so thankful. Yeah. Like, the dream was And you don't have any foot traffic, right? Not really. It's all destination. Yeah. Like, people are seeking us out. Yeah. Like, you had to make noise to be noticed for, to people to come drive to yes, spot. But the, there is an invaluable price, or I don't know, like value, like priceless value, I guess, of like having a physical store yeah. and like quite literally planting your flag to be like opening your door and saying, come on in. Yeah. Because people did, like they, they were curious. They wanted to come check out like, what, what the heck, what's this all about? Yeah. So like, you literally just have an open door. You have no idea who's, gonna who's walk walking when, through. Which is they heard about you, right? Well, you guys did reach out for a lot of years. Like it's <laughs> just fun. It's fun having an open door. Yeah. And we tried to make our store like super welcoming. Like it kind of looked like a living room. It still looks a little bit like a living room, yeah. but 
I wanted people to come in and ask questions and I wanted to like strike up conversations and so and you you never worked retail before no I never folded a shirt before what, what kind of marketing were you doing? Did you have like your, your brother and your cousin like doing some like, hey, go post up at the beach, like show off the boards? Or no, fly, like, high school. Yeah, I like, remember. Any creative marketing? Word of mouth. I remember I was all big on like the car decals. Yeah. We, had, we used to have this die, die cut sticker that said A-L-M-O-N-D. Yeah. And no one really, you, if you just saw the sticker, you had no idea what it was for. But again like the sympathy support like yeah. they were all over cars all over town yeah and so people would come in and we would hear this almost daily i just like, saw it on logo oh I, that's what this is like i've been seeing that sticker it's been driving me crazy isn't that funny how powerful like a sticker, sticker advertising oh is? my gosh because we didn't do it on like stop signs and stuff but it was like on cars yeah and, and people would be like i've been it's been driving me nuts like what is alm on and yeah. here you are. And I'm like, oh, welcome. Come on in. And it, I kind of liked that it wasn't just like explicitly set, stated like yeah. on surfboards. Because then you're like, eh, yeah, surfboards, whatever. But the fact that like people didn't know what it was, like yeah. almost seemed to bother them more. Yeah. Was and, most of the people buying boards like Newport, like Huntington locals? Or were you getting guys for, like, yeah, from like Sano? Like, oh, this is the other interesting thing. So 2008, tons of people were getting laid off. And they're like, I guess hey. Surf. Yeah, I have nothing to do now, so I'm going to come and buy a new surfboard because all of a sudden I have a bunch of time to surf. And I'm sitting there like, are you sure this is a great like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fiscal decision? <laughs> all right, like, yeah. be my guest. And yeah. so there was, we, we were able to get the rent super cheap. We were able to – there was a bunch of people just kind of hanging out because a bunch of people were out of work. So a lot of people came in buying boards because they all of a sudden had a bunch of free time. Yeah. And – Such a trip how – it's like when it's you hear weird, like right? people in the like the booze industry, they're like, yeah, you know, people. They never business is good when when it's good, and when the, when there's a recession, it's even better. And you're like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, people yeah. want to. It's terrible, right? <laughs> yeah, talking about spending your money wisely. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm out of work. I'm just gonna hit the bottle. <laughs> That's well, so at much. least they're doing a healthy. No, uh, for sure. I mean, sorry, I mean, yeah. Right, if right, you're right. living in Southern they California, they might not be able to eat. Right. I think I think we're still in a recession. There's too many people out. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Get these people back to work. We need a job boom to <laughs> so line up. That was the first location. That was the first location. Okay. And then how many similar, years? Uh, we were there for th just over three. Three years. Okay. Yeah. And similar situation did, did with Wadden. Did the guy jack up the? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So like after our first year, then it doubled, and then after doubled. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, it went oh, from four fifty to like nine hundred or something. Still though, I mean. And then it went from nine hundred. Then he was doubling it again, and so we started hunting around like. Before yeah, we, this we doubles again, better, can we find something yeah. better? So that's when we moved to PCH next door to Yoki. Yoki, yeah. Jeff Yokiyama. Yeah. Have you guys interviewed him yet? No. Yeah. I could I, do I could. I'll do it for you. <laughs> this is his neighbor for three years. Uh, just kidding. Love Jeff. Um, so we moved there because my best friend was his like number two guy. Okay. And so Scotty was like, dude, the people next door to us, it was like a bikini store or something. They're like, they're leaving. And so it was like, we could pay similar rent for a space that was like 50% bigger on PCH next door yeah. to Yoki and Good visibility. my best friend Yeah, where I was like dude no brainer no brainer we're doing yeah. it um, so we moved down there we were there for three more years signed a three year lease and then did you notice a big spike or was it the same or was it it was different good to see it uh, it was different because we were in the neighborhood before. Like, you're literally in Newport Heights. Yeah. Like, 
yeah. all the way to the beach. Like all the families kind of go that way to like, that's the way we would ride bikes to the beach as kids. So that's kind of how I found that spot was yeah. like, was now you're on PCH, familiar. no parking, you know, busy rush yeah. hour. Yeah. So the visibility awareness was better, but the, uh, foot Hang traffic out. and like people were just like, God, oh, it's such a pain to get to you. So still so, doing good business, but you're not getting that like local hangout vibe, like with you know. And it's a little more corporate down there. It's like we were next to Amory's, and it's really nice, and like yeah. parking's Amaris a pain. Is gnarly, right? Yeah. Super high end. It's a Have little you been different. Inside it? No, I just, Bro, I just I've, I've been did a, a Duffy boat ride, and then I overheard people it talking used to about. Used be a, a bank. What was it? Before? I thought it was a restaurant. It, yeah, no, Maybe it, it was it a was, restaurant. It was a concert hall like you know restaurant oh, they did yeah, events yeah, yeah. out of yeah. weddings and parties and but the live music yeah. was too much so the people in Lido should have probably down, I, I don't know yeah that's sort of but that i heard it's eclectic a, yeah little like boutique pop-up shops in there like really expensive or i don't know if it's pop-up shops i think it's just hmm. extravagant yeah and then on the other side it's like yacht salesmen <laughs> so we're like it, it's a little bit of a funky mix down there yeah there was something else I just thought of that was relevant from our transition. So yeah, we'll come back to it. You, you were there for three years. There for three years. And then uh, Jen Block used to have a shop right there. Wolfgang Block's former wife. Okay. But surf artist. Uh, she had a store oh, there yeah. called Heritage. Wolf, Wolfgang. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that painting right there. Uh, so... I got to know Wolfgang just through coming into the shop and then I met his wife who had a store right there called Heritage and I had mentioned to her once like hey if that space next to you ever opens up like please call me and months later I get a call from her hey I just overheard mm. the girls have the, the boutique next to me they're done the they're spot. out this spot and so uh, and what's your what's your exact location so I guess know where you're at 1720 Santa Ana Avenue Right off of uh, 17th Street here in Costa Mesa. Yeah. Okay, good. If you're familiar with Mikasa Restaurant or Sidecar Donuts. Yeah. Or Jans. Right there. Or Jans. Yeah. Right across the street. Bonsai if I Bowl. could hit a golf ball, I could hit a golf ball to Jans. One of our sponsors, Bonsai Bowls, around the corner. Yeah. Bonsai Bowls. Yeah. The best acai, acai, whatever you want to say, bowl yeah. in town. Uh, so, boom, you found out about this place. Yep. And then when we moved here for the next year, all we heard is, thank God, I hated going to your other stop. It was such a pain. You're like going 50 miles an hour down PCH, trying to slam on the brakes and pull over. I'm like, okay, okay, like point taken. Yeah. yeah. So now I love the spot. We just extended our lease here. So we've been it's, here for just over four years. Yeah. yeah. We just already extended our lease. For You've got great parking. Yeah. And just, you're like in the neighborhood again. Yeah, yeah. like two blocks away from where I grew up. So this is like home. Yeah. Home. Yeah, cool little hangout in front. Yeah. Can we go back to a business point? Um, yeah. yeah. So. No. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, early days, the vision was primarily surfboards, but I wanted to have the apparel mixed in because I I really liked the, like, 60s surf brands, mm-hmm. the Hobies, and, like, I liked that it was all concise, and it's like you could go down, and it's like, it's the Hobie shop, it's the Gordon Smith shop, yeah. or it's the whatever. Yeah. And it's kind of the full experience. And I was kind of like, okay, well, let's bring it all back to that point and take it in like that trajectory as though it had like stayed 
that way. Well, that you're not competing with other shops around you, with other brands. It's your own vision. It's your own brand. It's so, like yeah. you said, it's your own flagship store. It was like store. 90% or yeah. greater our product. Yeah. And building boards was at the core of that. But you need to make money. But you needed other stuff as well. Yeah. So yeah. then by the time we moved down to PCH, we kind of swung the other direction where we got really heavily clothing. Label. Yeah. Manufacturing clothing, doing yeah. that whole thing. And the boards kind of took a backseat a little bit where it became, I never lost the like love for it, but in terms of a focus, it became more of like, a, oh, we will always make the boards, so we'll continue to do that. But really, this is what we're going after. Yeah. We did that for a couple of years and I was like, actually, Plus I kind of miss the boards. Plus like, surf trends change quite a bit. Right. So, you know, it goes in ways where there's trends of, it could be, you know, longboard super popular. It could yeah. go back down to twin fins or whatever. I mean, yeah. it, you see the flow. Kind and of I, change. I think too, you know, business-wise, you know, the, the profit margin in soft goods is way more than surfboards. Yeah. But because I think surfboard manufacturing has kind of uh, people understand it more now, right? And yep. and guys like you and and other shapers around the world, it's like we we can't live off a hundred bucks a board. Right. You know, so you, you have to put more because being a business owner, right, you have minimum wage, you have insurance, you have blah, blah, blah yep. that eats away at all that. So if you start off with something, the profit, the pie being so small, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, we can have peripheral things to help, you know, right. feed but, to the bottom line. But... but but surfing is like a hobby, it's a sport, you know, it's however you want to look at it, and it's it's a passion that you have. So it's, it's, you know, whether it makes you money or not, you're still going to do it because that's your life, Yeah. you know? But you need to balance out, like, a business. Totally. And Lyndon, like you said, like, you need to have stuff that's going to make yeah. you money, that's going to turn. What's, what's, uh... I have a lot of thoughts on this, so keep going. Well, like, you talk about the old... Uh, the pioneers of, of, of our industry, like Hobie, like Russell, like Jacob, all those guys that made a name for themselves with surfboards, yep. right? Totally. And, and I'm sure some have a huge private label business and some don't. And it's funny, like, you know, in, in the more recent generation of surfboards and, and having an apparel, yeah. like Rusty surfboards totally yeah. right they they bec they were a surfboard builder yeah and then they came out with a clothing company and sure they had their day in the sun and made had a brand a rusty clothing brand but again i think trend you know the business mix the apparel thing is pretty much gone right and now they, you know, they, they focus back on surfboards and they still have a decent surfboard business. Like, not like they used to have in the past, right. but, but there you go. You know what I mean? When you get yeah. too much, too outside of the box, right? Yeah. Or try to focus on something that you're not really proficient in, right? Same thing with Almeric, you know, CI, they went huge with CI clothing. Yeah. You know, they tried to, but you know. That fin, didn't really fin boxes, go. leashes, traction. I mean, they, you know, they just diversify the portfolio. Yeah, but sometimes which is a you, huge temptation as a business owner. 
because you start thinking like, okay, what else can I latch on to like mm -hmm. level this the whole thing up? Yeah. And the more I've done this and the longer I've been at this, the more I believe in being specialized. Yeah. And so we, after like 2014, 15, when we got pretty heavy into clothes and I realized like, I don't enjoy this, like to this extent. Yeah. Our men's line was big, we had a women's line. Like it was just, it was too much. Yeah. And there's plenty of people who are specialized in clothes and they're yeah. really good at it. Outer known being one of them, Ruka being another, like. Thank you, you very guys much. Are, yeah, you guys are <laughs> phenomenal at designing and producing yeah. clothes that people want to wear. Yeah. I kind of just had this epiphany of like, I don't want to do that. I think where we really add value is the surfboards and not only just surfboards in general, but we're pretty specialized in how we approach it. Like we basically have 16 or so models and our MO is like, if you're gonna come in here and say, I'm looking for a surfboard, I'm gonna start asking you questions and filtering that through what I know about what we make so that I can be like, I would look at that one and if that's not what you're thinking, I'd maybe look at this one over here and kind of put like, we know our stuff really well. We're not a like, Custom. No, like, I yeah. don't like to mess with dimensions and stuff. Like yeah. we've worked really hard with some really good surfers and Griffin's a really good shaper. And I'm very opinionated about, you know, I don't surf at this level up here, but I know enough to know what I like and don't like and yeah. can empathize with the plight of the average everyday surfer. Yeah. And so it's, we know our stuff and can then say, that's, trust me, you're gonna love that. Yeah. Because in, in the end, you know, if they walk through your door or heard your name and, you know, some, somewhat know your reputation, it's like, well, you came to me, yeah. right? And yeah. you're like, and here's what we do. And that's why you came to me. And that's why you should, you know, ride this. But right? it requires editing yourself as a business owner. Yeah. Saying no to things. Yeah. And committing to that vision, yeah. Yeah. which isn't easy to do, right. especially when you're just getting your footing and trying to figure out who you are yeah. and where you fit. Yeah. So it takes years of trying different stuff yeah. to sure. really go, no, no, no. This is who we are. This is where we add value. We're going to double down on our commitment to this. Yeah. And that's kind of what the last several years has been. And it's been our best several years. Well, yeah, ever. you don't need to make, you know, a bunch of different flannels that are going to compete with you know, online big box, all the surf brands. Like, I mean, you got killer little coffee mugs over there. I love your uh, your bottle opener, longboard finky. Like, that's super creative. And, you know, you probably can't get that at every shop, you know? Right. And that's that's a perfect, like, fit for you guys. So you tackling, hey, I'm not going to do this big line, but you're filling those spaces with other, like, really good, catchy, not catchy, I don't mean that in a bad way, yeah, but no, just no, no. items that, you know, are meant for your store, compliments, yeah your boards and your vibe. And that's why people like going to certain places is because yeah. they specialize in certain things yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah, I love that place for that. Yeah, right? for sure. And, and that's the hardest thing to do is create an identity, right? Uh, an identity that people differentiate from other identities, yeah. right? Yep. So, yeah, I think it's, it's killer. Like, you know, you walk into the store and automatically you're like, wow, this place is a modern retro, you know, throwback of the surf shop. 
and surf company, right? Yeah. Um, but I now, know. I know uh, I, every time I come in here, I always see boards being boxed up and getting shipped out, um, which is awesome. Uh, you guys came out with a new, not new technology, but a new board, right? Yeah. New board design. R series. R series. Yeah. Phoenix. Tell us about. Yeah. Can I make one more point on the hardboards first? Of course. And then we'll go to R series. Yeah. So. I hate the idea that a surfboard builder would need to subsidize their income with T-shirts in order to have a viable business just building boards but so, it's good marketing at the same time yeah totally yeah, i mean totally know, but if yeah, it's a, but if it's a plus yeah that's great if yeah. it's a like bail me out yes that i like i don't think the industry or the the consumer base should stand to put their favorite board builders in that position yeah so i'm of the opinion that like let's just build the best boards we can that are going to last as long as we can and charge whatever you think you need to charge for it to make it viable because I hate the idea of like pecking away at like these amazing board builders whoever it is like yeah. I'm, just, I'm not talking about just us like, yeah. and making it difficult for them to thrive the, the amount of man hours and hands that goes into every single board like it's hard to find another industry to compare it to. There isn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that doesn't but, have that hands-on approach. I mean, there's right. a lot of products out there that take many man hours and right. many machines or whatever. Right. But, you know, like you said, the, the, these are works of art. These are like you know? beautiful art pieces that you could go shred on. Yeah. And hopefully shred on for like, 10 years you know like yeah. these aren't yeah if you take care lives. of it and it's right. you know it's not going to go out of style like this board's going to work the way it should work for you know as long as the life of the board yeah yeah no i i agree i i, I love the fact that you know you're a surfboard retailer shop first and foremost and everything else is peripheral and like i said before like other guys got it like rusty you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. all right we're, we're we're this but we're gonna put all our you know effort and manpower and this is what we're gonna do you know because this is this is the bigger market right this is where we're gonna make you know the money and there's Which, and, there, and it's good for you know certain brands and it's good to have that because the industry needs it and stuff right but, you know the industry you know communities also need shops like yours you know and totally. there's a customer out there for everybody or you know you, there's a surfer out there that is looking you know to identify them with like their their skill set yeah. their passions what they're into and you know for me going grabbing like a killer high performance board that i could go shred on is killer but i mean if a guy came in here and he's like dude this is going to be like his favorite you know like everybody could identify right. their own way and that's the other side of being specialized yeah is so you might walk in here and look around and be like there's not one board in the shop that i oh i rip on every one of these guys. yeah exactly <laughs> just kidding. there's not one board here that i would want to ride no for sure totally but, fine yeah but, and i have to be comfortable enough in my skin to go yeah hey man we can still have a great conversation and yeah, yeah. Like, you don't have to be 1% interested in anything in here. Yeah. 
Which is, yeah, it's great. But it, yeah. I mean, that's the diversity, I can't ride your diversity, diversity of the surfers hey, out bro, there. Hey, bro, why don't you just buy a bottle opener and get the hell out of here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but so I mean, good. you got any lineup and, and you're going to see a plethora of different, like, shapes, designs, like, construction. Like, I mean, it's, you got to have specialty. Yeah. Yeah. So, our series. Our series. Our series. Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of doubling down on our commitment to surfboards, that, the idea. Idea that would eventually evolve into the R Series board started in July of 2015 yeah. for me. Can I, can I read off? Yeah, yeah, hit it. Your, can I hear, read off your, your your mission statement here on it? Yeah. Rugged, recyclable, ready to rip R Series by Omen Surfboards, made in the USA and ready to go wherever you want to take it. Wow. Pretty simple, but yeah, I'm really interested on this recycled, ready to rip like. Yep. Deal. I know. I see one right behind you and a couple over there. Yep. And they're priced insane. Yep. Like compared to, you know, a hand. It's about half the price of one of our yeah. hand-made fiberglass boards. That's cool. So the recycled part is really kind of what drove this. Like yeah. I had a buddy who was doing a proprietary composite material that was like you could... Waterproof, you can mold recycle it. Recycle it, yeah. use it again, recycle it. So then the big thing for that conversation was the manufacturing waste. Yeah. Because like you have a blank, you shave, shape down all this yeah. material. You know, like what if you could just put all that back into the next blank and just never have manufacturing waste? So yeah. that's kind of where the conversation started. And it like, as these things do, I'm like, then it kind of became like, okay, how, if, if this is material is what I think it is, then we don't really need to glass it. So then I was kind of thinking like, what if we started thinking of this in terms of like synthetic balsa wood-esque, where it's like, what if balsa wood was naturally waterproof? Would we have ever fiberglassed a surfboard in the first place? Yeah. I kind of got this like, I don't know, my brain just does this. So kind of got on this like crazy trip of like, can we make something? It's the engineer part of you, right? Yeah, I guess, yeah. It's. Yeah, and just wanting to kind of mess with things. Yeah. Like, yeah. is there a better way to do things? Is it going to be functional? Can you rip yeah, on it? You right. know, are people going to work in the water? Dead feeling. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Is the people going to, you know, understand it or are they going to get confused and turn off? Because, I mean, 10 years ago, to have like a, you know, an epoxy or an alternative kind of material, people are like, oh, no, that's not traditional. It's not PU. Um, it's not going right. to work, you know? Yeah. Now, you could come out with almost anything and people are pretty open and receptive to yeah. like, dude, that sounds cool. I think I'll try it out. You yeah. know, so different perception now versus and, before. And even since 2015, when I first was trying to sniff around this, people have gotten a lot more open-minded. Like yeah. the softboard thing hadn't really blown up, yet. Blown up yeah. yet. So I was never thinking in terms of this being like a quote unquote soft top. Yeah. I was thinking like, how can we just make something that's like weird and different because my friend has this material. And so he was like, well, the big limiting factor for us is we're making products that are like this, you know, size of a backpack yeah. or whatever, not a surfboard yeah. blank. So he's like, then you have to talk to someone who can mold surfboard blanks, which is not cheap. And so yeah. then I started talking to Ty Peterson at Marco Foam. It was kind of a non-starter, a little bit like, ah, oh, cool, like maybe. As you can imagine, if you're in foam manufacturing, you get hit up by all sorts of weirdos with all sorts of ideas pretty much every day. Yeah. And I was just one of those guys. And so then 
I kind of like wouldn't let this idea die. Kept trying to like find somewhere to like let it land. And then... Because it's mo- uh, injected molded. Yeah. At the time, I was trying to make blanks so we could shape them. But then ultimately was like, when talking about Ty, yeah. was like, you should probably just mold inject these, which is going to be a lot of upfront cost. No manufacturing waste because of the nature of yeah. mold injection. Yeah. So you already eliminated the first point on your little list here. And then the finished product is recyclable because there's no fiberglass for you to then have to strip off. You know, all EPS foam is glass. In some fiberglass. capacity recyclable and glassed, but you have to strip the glass off. And by the time you do that, there's like how much waste? 27 liters of foam inside or something yeah, by the yeah. time you rip all that stuff apart. Uh, so I'm working with, so Ty came back around and was like, hey, Here's this thing we're kind of like sniffing around of doing these like mold injected boards. It's gonna end up kind of being more in the realm of soft top, just by the density of what the finished product will be, but way more durable. Way more durable, and like the big thing for me was the rail profiles. Like I didn't want to make anything that had the glued seam around the bottom, where the slick bottom meets the foam top. I just, having surfed the Costco board, you know, whatever, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. Yeah. Everything has its place. Yeah. I don't like that feeling of fighting that edge. You go to bottom turn and it's kind of this like jerky multi-step thing. I like things being, going back to like my love of fishes. Like I like things being super fluid and loose and just that, that fluidness is so key to the surf experience for me that I didn't want to do anything that would like cheapen that. So by doing it mold injected, no manufacturing waste, the same rail contours and profiles that we were already doing, same bottom contours that we were already doing, we could literally take boards that we'd been shaping and glassing for years and make another, a different construction of the same model. And it would be actually the same model. So when did you launch the first ones? So I started developing it hands-on with Marco Foam in, what year are we in? 2019? Uh, March of 2017? Hmm. And then by June of 2018, the 5.4 came out. Futures quad boxes, 36.4 liters, the no wax deck, the whole like, pretty much what you see there. Nice. Two stringers inside. So is that like a separate business with Marco just for those boards, or like did you just collaborate with? We or? we just they're a manufacturing partner oh, okay. on that, and we I basically was like, this is something I've been like trying to hunt down for so many years. I was like, Almond is gonna sink or swim on this project. Yeah. And so we ponied up, invested in building a mold, started prototyping, started testing them, made tweaks to fin box placement and stringer placement and all that stuff. And then by June of 2018, we, with no warning whatsoever, just went live and said, introducing our series by Almond. Yeah. And pretty much that same message you just read was like what we launched with. Yeah. And we had, our customers had no context for it whatsoever so we had to try to explain yeah 
all, all the points and all the layers of this thing in one concise announcement of like, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. And to be honest, the feedback has been like overwhelmingly positive. There's always gonna be people who are like, what are you, what? I don't understand. Yeah. But for the most part, it's been really, really, really positive. And That's it's good. Been Which is super fun. Yeah, because you can, you know, grab a, a handful of that kind of soft top business, but yet, you know, in a way more functional, high performance, or, you know, like you said, it's more recyclable. Slowy, and it's got, yeah, a recycling. We have a whole video sustainability. cutting yeah. it up, grinding it up, then the grind gets packed into big bricks, yeah. the bricks go back to the material supplier. So in the future, we'll be able to do up to 30% recycled content and 70% virgin foam or yeah. something. No, inverse, 70% recycled content, 30% virgin foam, and future boards will have old yeah. boards I, in them. On a side note, I worked for Mervin Manufacturing, LibTech, and GNU, Snowboard yeah, yeah, Brand, yeah. and they, they were making surfboards, and they have the, you know, kind of same same thing, like all the foam is recyclable. It's not like a EPS foam, you know, but they see and see it, you know, there's a lot of waste, but all of that just gets melted down and reblown back into the, into the so foam. Good. Yeah, it's crazy, like just, you know, all the little steps, no sanding done, yeah. you know, no hands-on. It's like, well, it's cool to see new technologies like that. Totally. And what's what's really cool, right? Now that we're talking about it, it's like you, you took a step back on the soft goods and apparel and focused on boards and you introduced a new board, right? Yeah. That keeps in line with your theory and and mission of focusing on boards. Yep. Right? That's how you diversified your portfolio is with another board, which yeah. makes almond, you know, what you your mission to set out is to be specialized in surfboards. And there you go. Yeah. You know? And that doesn't happen if we're chasing down apparel yeah. contractors. Yeah. Yeah. To make yeah. board shorts and jackets. Yeah. And you know what more natural like extension or evolution for your brand is it's great you know it, it's moderately priced right and it's super functional right and, it and i'm fits surfing along. a ton personally yeah, yeah. like since coming out without it's like three quarters of my sessions are on one of the foam board <laughs> our service boards that's awesome it's pretty cool it's been really fun i think larson's gonna buy one yeah. <laughs> Only if I get the deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looks cool. I like it. Definitely. I write all kinds of stuff, man. Yeah. It's pretty experimental. Like so, that. so you launched that in 2018. Yep. It's been. We did the 5 4 for a year, and then a year later, so just this last like May, June, we launched the 8 0 Joy. Nice. Because the 8 0 Joy for us has always been kind of our most versatile, like if you're kind of entry level. It's not a fun board, yeah. very clearly not a fun board, but it's also a really good place to start. Yeah. What's cool is you guys could, you know, change up your, your deck patterns with the, um, you know, your super grip deck pad, yeah. which is, which is pretty awesome. So Some fun you don't, collabs. you don't need to carry wax anymore, even though our boys at Foo Wax make the best wax in the market and you need to make sure you, you have some of that in here. Our official wax sponsor. Yeah. Foo Wax, you guys. It's the <laughs> best. F-O-O. F-U. F-U. Is it? Yeah. 
I would have gotten that one. F you, better buy this stuff. Yeah. F you for spelling it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, no, I think the boards look, I mean, they look fun. They look They're yeah, really fun. Really fun. Uh, I have to thank the guys at Futures. They, I was, read, they custom molded your, molded the, they yeah. fixed those boxes for us. Yeah. Sick. To make it work with this board. We're going to get Vince on the podcast too. Yeah. Good. Someday. Yeah. Someday soon. We got a lot of people that we're going to hit up yeah. soon. But yeah, those look cool. So last year, finalizing, like adding more more uh, shapes to that program. Yeah, well, so we'll, we're kind of going to stay on the like adding one new model a year. Yeah. Because we could blow it out and overdo it and flame out. But yeah. I'd rather just take our time. Pick yeah. out the right models. We're, I care a lot yeah. about what we put out. We've worked really hard yeah. to build a name and a reputation. Yeah. And so I don't want to just... Yeah, too many, and then you kind yeah. of confuse everybody. And you don't want to like, hey, this is our best eight O seller, you yeah. know. So we're going to make that and the yeah. art, you know. Yeah, I think if you throw out too much too soon, people will see the yeah. What do you call yeah. it? Desperation right. of it, you know. Like, yeah. well, not even that. I mean, just yeah. I mean, you want to put out. Or it's your yeah, yeah. your best selling. Yeah, yeah. you got to make a mold, and those aren't cheap. And yeah. you know, the fact that it's USA made is also really awesome. Yeah, you know. And so, speaking of diversifying, are you actually wholesaling right to a shops across bit. the world, or is yeah? It more... So we have a distributor in Japan and nice. France. A little bit of like Europe. Who's your so, distributor in Japan? Uh, Tomohiro Soeda, surfboards, Soeda Surfboards Japan. Okay. So his dad, Hiromichi Soeda, is like kind of a Japanese surf legend guy. They okay. do, they've done a bunch of people, but they do, uh, oh gosh, I don't want to mess this up because it changes all the time. Maurice Cole, mm. super brand. Okay. Not, not super, super brand, right? Super brand surfboards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, us, Mark Richards, I want to say. Nice. Oh, Tokoro? No, Tokoro? Tokoro. What's his name? The Hawaiian yeah, guy? Yeah, Tokoro? Yeah. They do him? Nice. I haven't looked at his website in a long time. I'm butchering this right now. But anyway, so they've been around doing surfboard distribution in Japan for a lot of years. Yeah. And Japan's a big market for you. Yeah, it does well. Yeah. yeah. It's been, they've been really good to us. I've been over there three times. I uh, really like those guys. Yeah. And then you said in Europe? France? France? Uh... Surf System France, Pierre nice. Gascon. Nice. And a little bit of like here and there, like a little bit of UK, a little bit of South Korea, a little bit of Canada, but it's like, we don't have designated sales reps like you fine gentlemen. Yeah. So it's a lot of like, it's harder to keep those dialogues happening all yeah. the time. So yeah. if people hit us up and want boards, like we'll for sure accommodate. Yeah. But our, our focus is really your flagship here and then, and then we have a few shops on the east coast that yeah. like of course we'll sell boards too shout out to adam mar adam mar yeah <laughs> maybe we'll get you a neon wave neon wave should be nice <laughs> hey call me uh yeah a couple shops on the east coast and i i honestly probably need to do a better job of that because as you well know like i really admire the surf shop experience yeah and if we can funnel great product to them that helps them do what they do like yeah i'm all for it i just yeah. we're 
Yeah, you're not going to force it or, or you yeah. know, push. You know, if they want it and it works, then yeah, both parties are happy. Yeah. So, a couple of questions that we always ask people or topics we talk about. Have you uh, talked about exper experimentation? Have you tried foiling yet? I have not tried foiling. I'd like to see a R series foil board. I think I'd try that before it's anything conceivable. else. Conceivable. <laughs> yeah. Be it's conceivable. I mean, Marco Phone makes a ton of foil blanks for a lot of different foil guys. Yeah. So it wouldn't be that hard to like retrofit one. Yeah. Probably insert a denser block of foam right there where the foil attaches. Yeah. Um, I have not messed around with it. I still. Punker Pat foils really well. Yeah. Right? That guy. He does everything. He well. does everything good. Yeah. Well, we what does he do? He's a waterman, right? <laughs> yeah. like, so he's in the water all day, every day. Punker, what do you really do? Dude, one time we... He's a marketing genius. <laughs> we had one of our team kids back in the day wrap his longboard around a pier piling at Black East. So we had... A, it's like one of the few broken longboards that we've done. So he brought it back in two pieces and we shaped the front half into like a little mini Simmons thing. But it was so narrow. Like it was already a narrow longboard to begin with. Yeah. It was a crazy thin, crazy narrow mini Simmons, and we reshaped it and glassed it and punker wrote it. And I'm like, dude, you would have thought we like made this board per for you for him. Like he was so good on it. Yeah. I don't think that footage ever saw the light of day. It was for like a quarterly one of Cyrus Sutton's like projects. Nice. But. Punker texts you. He's been he's been he's been hunting us. No, not don't look at your phone. He, anyways. Have you guys had Punker on? No. We're trying. We'll have him on. We're trying. Yeah. We'll have him on soon. Yeah. I like him. He should run for mayor. Yeah. He's awesome. So, what do you think about surfing in the Olympics? I'm, I'm curious to see what the non-surfing audience reaction is. Yeah. Because when we watched the Winter Olympics for that two weeks or whatever it is, we all immediately like appoint ourselves as like experts, like yeah. oh man, that triple axel, that was rough. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. we watch it once every four years. Yeah, these but judges this, don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know like you become like an immediate self appointed expert. And there's a lot of pride in like they're competing for their country. Like the Olympics are super fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm really curious how the response is going to be to surfing. My gut is that it's not going to be as positive or as negative as some people would like to paint it to be. I think it's going to be more casual indifference. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's going to like send surfing to the next stratosphere. But I also don't think it's going to like hurt it destroy the core of what surfing no. is or like, i think it'll just be a, an aspect of the sport moving forward and yeah. yeah it'll be good for the for the countries and especially the athletes that that do get to participate and i think it'll be fun for the spectators whether you are from surfing background or you're just not i think it'll be open a lot of eyes totally. but like like you said i don't think it's going to create a huge boom in the industry but i think it will definitely elevate it yeah. like you know i just trip out on you know with we are both reps. Yeah. We own a shop, right? right? So the more eyes and participants and fans of surfing, the more Hope it gets elevated to the to the mainstream, yeah. the better it is for us, right? Yeah. And selfishly, yes, I want it to be better for us, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. So it's kind of neat 
you know, we talk about this a lot on our show is like Olympics, West Coast Board Riders Club, East Coast Board Riders Club. Um, and just looking out in the water, you know, these days there's so many more freaking people. Yeah. yeah. So many more girls, too. So yeah. it's really funny when you think, okay, I mean, if you, if you ask like a, a layman or a layperson, like what, you know, is surfing healthy or not? If, and if they just looked out in the ocean, they're like, oh, it looks super healthy. Yeah. You know? So I feel like there's a lot of factors going on with Olympics, West Coast Board Riders Club, blah, 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 that it is going the right way. And we are, you know what I mean? Starting to... Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. But, you know, surfing in our eyes, is it's big. It's crowded in all your lineups. Like the world with, you know, commercial flying and all the destinations is, yeah. you know, you'd be halfway around the world and you bump into like three people, you know, and you're like, yeah. it's just like that. But yeah. I was at, I went to Fiji a couple months ago and I'm in the airport and people are just looking at me and looking at the board bag and looking at me and looking at the board bag and like, what's in there? Like, what is that? Yeah. And I'm like... At this day and age in 2019, you have to ask somebody, like, at the airport, that means it's still not that big. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, which is really funny, It's right? really funny. I'm like, really? Like, I was just kind of blown away because I did a lot of traveling in, like, the 90s or 2000s, and then I've been just a worker, so I didn't really travel that much. And yeah. to have that, like, comment, I was just yeah. like, yeah, surfing is not that big yet. Yeah. So is it pretty locked in who's representing each country by this point? No. I, uh, I think no? it's after pipe. Like, whatever then, happens at pipe. But is it close? Like, yeah. I think for Brazil, probably way closer. Right. Because it'll be Italo yeah. and Gabe, most yeah, likely. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I get it. It should be part of the top guys because those are the best on tour competing. And but I think it should be like I don't know. Maybe a voting poll. Like maybe right. they do a separate competition. I don't know. We like, didn't even bring up wave pools. Like I know. I thought we, we talked that, about yeah. that a lot. And look what I mean. It's crazy, right? Like yeah. yeah. But like the, wave pools are popping up all over the world. We're gonna have two in like stuff that you haven't even heard of them building. Like there's yeah. two in Australia that just popped up. That urban surf, then, I never even. That's what I mean. They, yeah. they, there was no buzz and there's no talk. They're just like boom, here they are. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's like under the radar, and then they just pop up. Have you partaken in any? I've we hung out. Ranch. Yeah, yeah, we hung out. That's where I met you for the first time. Didn't obviously go in the water, but I was there. Yeah. It's way different in person than it is on camera. It's crazy, right? It, I feel like it's bigger and faster and more powerful in person yeah. than I was expecting just from seeing like. Do you remember the the first wave that you saw? Oh yeah. Yeah. Tell, sure. tell us about it. This was oh, it. A, man. Was it Friday before the contest? It or? was. Oh gosh. People practicing. Yeah, it was the setup day. There was an empty wave though. The first wave I saw was empty. Oh really? Which is pretty rad. Uh, and it was obviously coming toward the left. As you, yep, it's the left yeah. coming towards you as you're like coming in. And the scale of the whole thing is so much bigger. Like it's so far where yeah. the wave starts, and you hear the chick, 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 and it's like it starts to kick up. And like if someone's paddling into that, unless you know their style really well, you would have no idea. Because they're so far away. They're seven hundred yards away. Yeah. Like, and so it's really hard to communicate. I like try to explain to people here, and I'm like, yeah, see that staples over there? It's like, imagine the wave starts there and is like yeah. coming to you. It's like crazy the scale of the whole thing. Yeah. And. 
But the perfection. It's just the glistening. The perfection. It's going back like drawing in the note in the margins yeah. of your notebook. It's like it's, it's that wave. It's a wave that you see in a video. Yeah. That is somewhere tropical or somewhere with the perfect sandbar, right? Yeah. But it's hard to know. Like I know it. it there's some different stuff going yeah. on yeah. in terms of riding it yeah. that I am not privileged to from that experience, but just from like strictly looking at it. And then once you, okay, so that's one thing. When you're down at the end of the pool and it's coming towards you, you have one perspective of it that's like magic. And then you walk around in the middle of the pool when you're like, when the contest is going on, yeah. and all of a sudden this wave is ripping by you like a train. Or, a lot you know, of energy. Just, it's a lot of energy, a lot of water, and it's like, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes, and there it goes. And yeah. it's like, it's like watching a horse race or something like, whoop, yeah. what? Yeah. And it was such an interesting, like, I just felt like the wave looked, like the trough of the wave like looked so much further out in front. It just looks like so much water. And then when the wave goes by, then you see all the like yeah. wreckage that it left and the, you know, the water just churning. Yeah. It was, and then it it was a trip. Yeah, and yeah. then all and it spills over, and then all of a sudden it's like calm again. Calm. Yeah, yeah, some pretty smart fellows putting that stuff together. Yeah, it was rad. Yeah, so there's just so many things that are happening to the happening. Sport. Yeah, In, yeah, and I, I kind of I wrote a blog post about this like a year ago. I was like, are we living in the golden age of surfing? Like, yeah. there's more access to better equipment. There's yeah. more acceptability of riding all sorts of different shapes. Like. But just like with the, you know, There's with the Joel Tudor duct, duct tape invitational, like yeah. the coverage they get there. And that's not just one event. That's like a, you know, mini, mini tour. And then yeah. you got like, you know, the youth events and obviously the competitive side. Then you got the West Coast Board Riders, which is more of that community based, you know, like, right. you know, team kind of sport. And it's kind of cool. There's a lot, lot of different aspects, which, again, will cater to, you know, different people. Yeah. And I can see how... There's people who feel like, oh, this isn't how it was when I was, yeah, however old. But there's still so many benefits to like, kind of where we're at and where we're heading yeah, for sure. And we got we had the opportunity to partner with Surfrider Foundation on a whole collection of products this oh, year. Yeah. And That's I feel cool. like they have a ton of momentum. They're doing a ton of great work. Or maybe I'm just paying more attention to it. Yeah. Now and it's just like there's and people are more aware of like environment the environment issue, and yeah. caring for the ocean and i just i think that we're we are in a really good place and heading in a really good direction yeah yeah the the culture of it is maybe like still sorting itself out yeah. it's not the glory days of like surf culture yeah. but from that new stuff will emerge and yeah. new things will kind of like find their rhythms and that piece of it i think will sort out yeah. yeah for sure it takes time you know especially when new innovations or new technology you know kind of implements itself into the, the you know the industry yeah like polyester you know recycle board board shorts and yeah. you know this and, and that and you know using ink base that oil you know like all these little things behind the scenes that you know some people promote really good and some people don't but it should just before it used to be a marketing pitch, like, hey, we're doing this and we're cool and different. Like, well, that's 1% of your business, so why yeah. are you pitching it? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. But now a lot of those factories are kind of on the same level to where it's, now it should just be the norm. Like, right. yeah. you know, there shouldn't be oil-based inks on any sort of problem. You know, it should just you know, be all nat natural-based or, you know, water-based. And then 
you know, poly bags. Like, you know, shouldn't shouldn't be oil. Should be cornstarch, something that dissolves, something that just like decomposes. And that's become like almost the standard. So it's coming. It just takes a long time. Totally. Yeah. You know, because they got to make it profitable and make it worth money. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's you know, it's either going to pass it on to the consumer and. Consumers, I, I pay a little bit more for something that's more environmental friendly. That's for sure. Yeah, totally. I think everybody's the same way. Yeah, yeah. So what's, what's new? Yeah, what's new? For, what's, what's next what's for next? almond surfboards? Location? Uh, staying here for a while. Staying here. The, that's a Thoughts common of, question of like, would we ever open a second shop? This is home, so it makes sense for us to have a store here. If we were to like just pick another surf town on the map and open a second shop there. feels a little bit like we're just like the Costa Mesa or Newport brand like showing up. And so I'm a little sensitive to that of learning yeah. to be like, is, is there like a surf town I don't know about with like a major void that has like no good board shop? I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't really see a like need necessarily. It's not, for me, I wouldn't do it just to be like, well, you know, this shop makes money, therefore... Found a good spot and had good rent and it's a good place. Yeah, and so. go run the local guy out of town. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Not to say that we have that much clout because we don't, but... Uh, so I kind of made the comment offhand to a friend recently, like, well, I guess if, like, a really sick wave pool opened up, like, <laughs> next, the next almond shop might be in, like, Palm Desert. I don't know. Yeah. Like, that, to go somewhere like that that doesn't have an existing surf culture and it's just kind of in its infancy... To me, that's a little more compelling yeah. than just to show up in some yeah, town. Yeah, community, yeah, and, down, uh, the, down the coast. Because then you can help shape it, form it yeah. a little bit. And people are, if you, you know, if you but live in Palm Desert in a wave pool or two wave pools open up, all of a sudden you're like, okay, we're new at this or we've been, we go to the beach eight times a year. Yeah. Like we need new equipment, new, well, all new questions, like, but where would you want to split your time, you know? Yeah, that's, that's another that's question. A, you know, like to be successful, it's like hands-on too, you totally. know? So you got to, you know, be able to put yourself in that shop wherever it may be and be like, okay, this one's up and running. I probably don't need to be here as much, but would I really want to spend my... In Palm day? Springs. Yeah. Palm maybe, Springs maybe ain't Hawaii, so bad. You know, maybe like, you know, I don't know. Somewhere, somewhere more tropical, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good question. Read all these... I have an answer, but I'm not going to say it on the air. No, that's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everyone has to have that, like, oh, if I could split time. Yeah. Thing. Well, yeah unless you're, unless I, you're a deep-pocketed investor who wants to buy all, into a all in wild 2. kid's 0. vision. Yeah, exactly. We'll hear that next on the Almond 2.0. Yeah. Show. How do Balinese say Almond? Yeah. I don't there know. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'd want to go. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I have a friend. That's like that the surf mecca. His wife and two kids. Well, now he has two kids. They had one when they moved. To Bali? To Bali, yeah. They've been there like two years. Nice. We've talked about that. Let's go. Such a simpler life, but maybe not, you know? Maybe it's just different. Yeah. um, Shoot. I think we heard a really great story. Yeah. Um, We're stoked on your accomplishment and, you know, talk about you know, being a business owner and, and employing how many people? Five full-time, two or three part-time. Yeah. 
it's great. That's awesome. You know, in the local Newport Toast Two blocks community. from where you grew up. Yep. It's yeah. huge. I'm not the... Yeah, I, I don't feel as though I deserve this job. Like, I'm just like some guy from Costa Mesa who kind of went for it at a young age. But I'm super thankful to get to do it. No, it's awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, you know, as, I, as we were telling you before, it's, it's our livelihood. And it's killer to see, you know, entrepreneurs taking it upon themselves to start a business, right? But it's not just you, you know, you're providing for other five people. other people and, and you're contributing to their livelihoods and contributing to the local community as far as tax revenue and, and all that. So yeah. it's, it's a great accomplishment. You yeah. know? It, cool. I enjoy being an active participant yeah. in the neighborhood I grew up in. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, sure. thanks for your time. Yeah, that was amazing. thanks for coming down. Thanks yeah. for your time. And, and Congratulations yeah. on Almond and uh, wish you the best. Man. Off the record, we'll hear the second location. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, on Instagram, it's at Almond Surfboards. Uh, yeah, at Almond Surfboards. Awesome. And website is almondsurfboards.com. Almondsurfboards.com. We like the it's... phone number here is. Ah, don't call. It's on the website. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that we're, we're too busy helping customers, talking yeah, exactly. uh, surfboard design. We're, we're about in-person, face-to-face communications whenever possible. 17th Street and, and Santa Ana Santa Avenue. Anna. And you can read all about our 16 board models and our two R-Series models. And nice. there's even some hints about what R-Series is coming next year. Cool. Nice. If you read the tea leaves enough. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Foo Wax. F-U. F-U Wax. <laughs> Caliente OC, right Caliente down the OC, street. right across oh, yeah. the street. One yeah. of our sponsors, uh, Bonsai Bowl. Independently owned, healthy, yep. healthy foods. Another. Those are regular on the lunch rotation. Yeah, yeah see? And then Oloclip, too. Yeah, Oloclip's a, a killer little lens uh, system for your iPhones. So you clip it on, you get sick wide angles, like zooms, all kinds right. of stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. We're going to try to talk our sponsors into having a little... Uh, you know, party gift. partying gift. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or a promo code. Yeah, so it'll probably happen Use after this code. show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> the, li- the, li- the listeners uh, could go, um, and, and we have promo codes. Yeah, we, yeah. we're gonna hook everybody up. Yeah. You just have to type in "late night with yeah, Chalky yeah. podcast." Yeah. There it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been awesome, and um, yeah, good good job on yeah. everything you've done. Thanks. Killer store. We love almond surfboards. Thank you very much. Come Thanks, check guys. them out, Dave Ollie. <laughs> Peace. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music. 